So we're going to be launching a preschool. Hopefully it'll start in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we have these little handout things. If you know someone who has a preschooler that would like to go to preschool that isn't, uh, we'd love for you to distribute these. There's some out there. I am confident I'm biased to so my wife, Jeannie. Uh, she's right here. She's going to be starting it, but I am biased that it, I, I'm pretty confident it's going to be the best preschool on the peninsula. Um, and I don't just say that because she's my wife, maybe a little, but she's incredible with kids, like unbelievable. And she has like just an educational gift just to be able to help little people grow in awesome and beautiful ways. So I just think it's going to be amazing. Excited to have her doing that. Uh, a couple other things. And then that a cool graphic. Yeah, fun, huh? Cheryl, thank you. Uh, few things going on in the life of our body. I just kind of wanted to loop you in. We have a couple classes that are launching. I uh, wanted to kind of give you an update on those. We have a number of well communities that are ongoing uh, spaces, you know, like nine months where you get to form community. And then we have other classes. And classes are meant to be shorter experiences that are a way of like, you're curious about Wellspring and you're like, oh, I'll dip my foot in, check out a class. Or you're curious about the topic itself. And so it's a way to boost your faith. So we have a couple going on, Finishing Well. Paul Davis is going to do this Sunday nights at five. This is if you're in the second half of life, what does it look like to finish well, to love Jesus more at the end than you did at the beginning? Uh, so join him Sunday nights. We're also going to have a class uh, before service on Sunday morning called The Bible, Sexuality, and Life Today. And Aaron Maddox is going to be leading it. You might have noticed in our culture right now, there's a lot of different ideas about sexuality, gender, right? And the conversation with the LGBTQ community, like what does it look like to be faithful to the scriptures and follow Jesus in a culture where there's lots of ideas out there? So what we're going to do is we're going to take, I don't know how many weeks it is, a number of them basically leading up to Thanksgiving and say, what does the Bible really have to say about all these things? So it's going to be a serious dive into the scriptures to really look at what does God have to say to us through the scriptures about gender, sexuality, LGBTQ stuff, all that. So if that's interesting to you, check it out. Also, I'm going to be leading a class if you are military or can get onto base at NPS Thursdays at 12. We're going to do a study through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, so this is limited to those that are card carrying and can get through the gates. Uh, if you want to come though, Thursdays at 12, study through the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to be leading that. I think it's going to be really good, but I'm biased. Um, and then also... We're going to have a discipleship, like a kind of like a men's discipleship DNA boot camp kind of space. So maybe you've kind of plateaued in your faith life, or you're kind of new to this Jesus thing, or you've never really been discipled. I'm always surprised how many of us have never really been through a discipleship experience. Eric Keener is going to be leading this. It's going to be uh, at 6.30 on Thursday nights. All of these classes have signups. Check them out. Sign up. The leaders will get back to you if you have any questions. A couple other things just before we dive in this morning. We have a worship night coming up on Tuesday the 10th. So if you like singing songs, worshiping God in an informal space, we got that. And then this is new. We have a parenting forum. And let me break this down for a second. So if you have a child in basically elementary age or below, and you've wondered, am I just doing this on my own? We feel like we're just making stuff up as we go. If you're a parent of any kid that age, have you ever felt that way? Never, right? You, you, had, you got the manual. So what we're trying to do is create a sort of a learning environment for parents 
where we can come together and learn together. What are things we're learning about parenting? What are we learning about raising kids so we can share with one another best practices like you would do in any other environment? So trying to take the household just out of the household and now bring it into the family of God, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But like, what a cool idea. Trisha's idea. I thought it was awesome. She's our kids director. Trying to create a space where we can, as parents, wrestle together about what does it look like to raise our kids well. Make sense? Info's on here. Ask Trish or me. Sign-ups out there. Some of these require RSVPs because we need it for childcare. Uh, so just let us know. All right. This morning, we're going to do something a little different. So you're new visiting and you love today, we do it all the time. If you don't like it, we only do it every so often. Um, so it's a little different. This, this is a family worship Sunday. So what that means, I'll explain in a bit. But what I want to do to start with is start by defining terms a little bit, like family and worship. So let's start with family. So in the New Testament, there's a lot of different ways to lean into this word family. But two in particular stand out. One is kind of like the household, right? So you have this household perspective where, you know, husbands and wives are supposed to love each other, right? Their kids are supposed to honor their parents, right? Uh, parents, right? There's specific words about dads, right? Be gentle to your kids, you know? There's a household perspective that is offered in the New Testament. There's also another window into family in the New Testament, specifically around the person of Jesus and how he actually reconstitutes the family through himself. Jesus asked really specifically in Mark about his family, and he says this, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said this, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Right? So Jesus is saying, hey, as we trust in him, right? We become a family united through God, through the person of Jesus. Paul will then run with this a few years later, and he'll write this in the book of Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Right? So there's this theme in the New Testament about the family, not just being a household, but actually a reformation of the family through the person of Jesus as we trust in him. Now, one of the things I notice just about modern life is that we often look towards biological family or household family for support, and we sort of forget that God is trying to form a new family in us so that we can rely on one another. You know, we've had a number of experiences of this as a family. When we moved down to Pacific Grove, there was an older couple that when we moved here, right, we didn't know people. And they just, every week, they took us out to dinner and kind of welcomed us as they would their own children. Even just recently, right, there's a family in here, a retired family who saw Jeannie and I, and they're like, you know, raising kids isn't that easy. So what they said, hey, you know what? we will watch your kids at night so you guys can go on a date, right? Not biological family. And maybe you feel this, right? Because we live in a culture where we focus so much on biological family or household family 
that sometimes we miss out on the greater blessing of what does it mean to be the spiritual family of God, knitted together, supporting one another, loving one another, right? That's broadly inclusive. That includes adults and kids, right? Seniors and singles, right? Widows. All of us here today. Now, if you're here today, just as an aside, and your kid is with you and they're squirming in the pew and maybe you have an infant and the infant's crying a little bit, just know, right? The kingdom of God is for you. That we are glad you are here. Kids, the, Jesus has this awesome interaction with adults. You'll love this story. So these adults are like, these kids are trying to go up to Jesus and the adults are like, you can't go up to him. We only get to talk to him. And Jesus says, mm, adults, let me tell you something. I'm going to quote this so that you guys get the exact words. He says this, let the children come to me. The kingdom of God is for them. Sometimes in church spaces, sometimes it feels like the adults get to be in the big space. And you're like, oh, I want to be in the big space. Well, you're here and we want you here. Because guess what, kids? This is your church. This is not an adult church. This is a church that is the family of God of which you are included and invited to participate. Which is huge. And this is why, on a regular basis, right, we gather as a whole family. We gather together because it is not just an adult experience. The kingdom of God is not just for people this size and over, right? The kingdom of God is for all of us. The family of God is for all of us. Research also shows that in, like, when you're trying to figure out how do you kids, why do kids stay in church, follow Jesus after they leave their household? There's a number of things that help encourage and support that. There's all kinds of research into these, these days. A couple things stand out. One, when kids are included in this gathering, the larger Sunday morning gathering, there's a higher likelihood of them actually attending church when they get older and they leave the house. That's one of the reasons, right? We have our middle schoolers and high schoolers. We do youth before and then they participate. This is why a lot of our school age kids do worship with us in the first set and then transition out, right? Because we want to create a scaffolding, a way for them to feel like this is my space too. Another thing, one of the things that really stands out that sort of connects to faith after someone leaves a household is that they have intergenerational friendships, right? So that everyone they're connected to isn't just like their age or just their parents. So this is why like after service, you know, we all kind of come in here and chow down and eat food. We're trying to create intergenerational pockets where folks that are uh, older can interact with younger people. So we can create friendship over time where kids get to see like, oh, I'm welcomed, I'm wanted, I'm heard in this place. There's also research that suggests that when kids uh, serve with older folks, it creates connections between once they leave the household, they're more likely to participate and follow Jesus as they graduate out of the household if they do service stuff with their parents, which we'll get to in a minute. All right, so that's family, right? Family is a household. Family is also a spiritual family formed through the person of Jesus. But what about worship? Like, what is worship? Right? Worship can be just singing songs. Maybe you've felt that before. Like, didn't we just worship? <laughs> we sang songs. But I remember when I was young, I went to uh, Mass every so often, Catholic Mass every so often. And 
I, I remember coming through and thinking later, like in retrospect, I'm not sure if I ever worshiped in those spaces because I had an experience in college, this profound experience of God. I wasn't looking for God. God found me and I had this profound experience of his grace and mercy and kindness. And I remember going into a space and singing songs. And I realized for the first time that I was worshiping. Now I think I've gone into mass after that and I've had awesome worship experiences. The difference was my lips were moving, but my heart wasn't in it. We can sing all the right songs and not be worshiping. Jesus makes this point in the Gospel of Matthew. There's a bunch of really religious folks that sing all the right songs. They say all the right things. Their theology is spot on. And Jesus says this to them. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And then he says this. In vain do they worship me. Right? Because singing the right songs isn't necessarily worship. So what is worship? Worship in English comes from a combination of two words, two words, worth and ship. So being able to honor God for what he is worth is worshipful. When we honor God for who he is, we worship him. New Testament says you can basically do this in two ways. One, you can do it by moving your lips, making sounds. Right? You can do this through song, repentance, confession. These can be worshipful activities when we, we give God the glory of all of who we are. God, you are worth it. That's worship. It can also be when we love people that God loves, lay down our lives for them, pleasing him. That can be worshipful. Hebrews combines this. This is Hebrews 13, 15 through 16. This is what it says. Through him... Then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Point one, you're worshiping with your lips. You're praising him. Point two, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. They're worship, right? We worship God with our lips, with song, repentance, singing. We also worship God by laying down our lives for other people, doing good for them. John Piper has this quote. He says this, the pastor, theologian. So through Christ, two things become worshipful sacrifices in our life. The fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, that is worship services and singing and praying and repenting and confessing. And secondly, a fruit of deeds. Do not neglect to do good. Share what you have. Such sacrifices are pleasing to God, right? So now we have family and we have worship. And now what we're going to do for the rest of our time together is bring them together. Family, households, but also a spiritual family knitted through the person of Jesus, formed as a spiritual family. Worship, we sing. Now we're going to do some good deeds. And we're going to do them not just as households, but as a whole family. We're going to do that as an intergenerational experience as a way to bring kids and adults into the same place, doing worship together, but through service. You might wonder, how are we going to do that in wooden pews in this room? We're not. We're going to move our bodies. I want to invite up a couple people who are going to be leading our different projects this morning. 
And we're going to have a little bit of a twist on how this morning will flow. So I want to invite you guys up. I had a, where did it go? There it is. So we have a couple different projects this morning, ways that you are going to be able to serve in an intergenerational context as an act of worship. We are going to have a gathering in the basement. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out. It's much different than it was a while ago. We're going to have a gathering on this floor. We're going to have a gathering on the top floor. We're going to have outside over on that side of the building and outside over here. So start with Miss Trish, since she is right next to me. I want to explain what your project is and where it is. have not been down there, it's through these doors. You're going to hang a right, make a U-turn, and go straight down. You come to a wall, go around the wall. It's a beautiful space. Come join me. Um, what we're going to be doing we'll down there... We'll have a there, tour guide or something there yeah. to help you get there. Um, and what we're going to be doing is building what's called a busy bag. Um, I got this idea from Jeannie. She um, built these for a family that was leaving, but um, children in foster care often have appointments that they have to go to, which means they're in the car or they're sitting in waiting rooms and they need something to keep them entertained. And so we've got a few things to compile together, a craft activity for you guys to do um, to build a bag that we can then bless a family with um, to keep their child entertained as they're serving this child. And I think the big point is build the bag, but then take some time to really pray over that bag. You're praying over the child that will receive that bag. Um, and just being a blessing to them. Yeah, so this project is all about foster care and supporting kids that might not have a biological family that can care for them. Uh, so we're going to try and step next to them as the family of God and say, hey, we see you, we value you, and we want to try and do something to support you. All right. So I'm Joe, and uh, for those of you that have been attending this church for a while, uh, you're probably aware of this uh, I Help ministry that we've been involved with for a long time. But if you're new, I just want to briefly tell you what it is. So it's based, it stands for Interfaith Homeless Emergency Lodging Program. And what it is is um, there's a group of a couple dozen men who come to our church a couple times a month. And we provide a meal for them and also a place for them to sleep. And we do this. They go to different churches every night, but they come to our church twice a month. And one of the things that we do in our church is we also prepare lunches for them. So that's one of the things that we'll be doing. Um, First thing we're going to do, actually, we're going to meet right over here, actually, in the fellowship hall. So the first thing we're going to do is, is bring out all the tables and chairs from the uh, library and set those up um, so that we can then do the activities we're going to do. So one thing we're going to do is we're going to decorate the lunch bags. So if you have kids, they might enjoy doing that. We have or adults, if you yeah. like drawing. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm not that artistic myself, but hopefully some of you are gifted in that way. Um, so we want to have some nice decorations in the lunch bags, and then um, we're going to put some of the things in them that we put in for the lunches. And also, um, we're going to write note cards for the men, just to, um, just to give them some words of encouragement, something that would um, lift up their day as, as they're going about their day. And uh, one other thing we're going to do is we're going to also make these little uh, um, personal care bags for them that we're going to fill with some personal care items. So uh, I encourage you to come and join us for that right over here next door. Cool. Morning, church. I'm Aaron. And I'm going to be leading, um, we're going to be writing encouragement cards and thank you cards for military members within our church family. A large portion of us either in the military or in some way connected to it. And we're going to be upstairs actually in the two uh, classrooms up there and basically going to be writing, there's a list of folks within our church who have maybe gone on and left or maybe are deployed right now. Um, 
a list of those names that you can write to, or also just writing um, general thank you cards to folks that those people maybe can hand on to other people. Or if you know somebody personally who's in the military that you would like to write a thank you card to, um, that would also be awesome. And we want to encourage you um, to, while you're there, after writing the card, just pray over it for that person. I know for me it's like, I should write 20 cards, like get them all out. But I think it'd be better to write just a couple of cards and take your time writing um, and then praying for those people instead of just making a ton of cards. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Awesome. And for that station upstairs for the military and then also the foster care downstairs, if you're unable to walk or prefer to not move around so much, we'll have those exact stations right here in the prayer room, just the room right behind oops, uh, this wall right there. Um, but for the station I'm leading, my name's Aaron, by the way, as well. Uh, we'll meet in the back right here, but we'll end up going outside to the playground side on 13th Street. There's some chairs that have, they're really old, but we're going to spray paint them if you're into that. Uh, spray paint them black, make them look a little bit nicer. And that way we'll just have a few more chairs to populate some of the classrooms. Uh, Probably not a kid-friendly activity unless you're like high supervising parent. Take no responsibility for kids that come back covered in spray paint. So probably an adult activity. Um, and then one more, pass it this way over to Chuck. I'm Chuck. Yes, you are. Um, basically, this is gonna be quite different than those. We're gonna attempt to subdue the earth. Very biblical theme, uh, yes, thank you. Yes. So for, I've been a contractor 39 years doing landscaping. So in front of the church and behind the church and all over the church, there's a lot of, you know, weeding need to be done, some deadheading and so forth. So I'd like to join me out here in the entryway or out on the sidewalk. I got some tools, got some buckets, and we'll go at it. We'll go at it. There you go. So these are all different options. Uh, we are not going to gather back for singing because we are going to do worship by serving for the next half hour. Now, I just want to challenge you. If in this moment, right, so this is, there's like behavior modification and then there's heart awareness. Remember, worship is about our hearts. So as you're sort of in this moment, if you're thinking like, I'm going to bail, I'm going to like go to my car. I was hoping Tony was going to do a teaching. I would just challenge you for a second. I'm going to be real for a second. This is a real dynamic right now in some of your hearts. Some of you are thinking, I didn't come here to do this. I want to challenge you to say, hey, worship isn't about just what you came here to do. Worship is about God. Worship is about worshiping God with our heart and our hands. Right? At Wellspring, we do not want to just be a place in the long term where people come and they're like, oh, I like that band. I like that teaching. We want to be a place that worships Jesus. In order to worship Jesus, we do things we don't always want to do because we know it is not about us. And the truth is, this is a really small way to serve, but we want to be a people that are not just thinking about our own spiritual needs, but thinking about the community around us. So I just want to pray for us for a second that God would give us his heart as we enter into this moment of worship together as a spiritual family. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And God, we want to check our hearts before your throne, before your cross, before you in this moment and say, God, this next 30 minutes is yours. 
And Holy Spirit, I do pray that in this moment, you would just lead and guide us. Give us a sense of where you want us to go. Maybe you're going to lead us to foster care and those kids. You're just going to give us a heart that breaks for those kids. And maybe some of us are going to have a moment of worship as we realize, God, your heart for that kid is he's in the car and he doesn't know where his parents are and he's wondering what the doctor's going to do this time. God, you would give us a heart for that child. And maybe, maybe you're at the I help thing, God, and you're going to convict us of just, man, how hard it is to live on the streets. And God, you're going to give us just prayers to pray over these bags and these little hygiene things just so that, God, this man or woman is able to encounter you in a profound way. Or maybe it's a military person who's left their family and they're serving halfway around the world. And we're going to take a moment, we're going to pray for that person, that in their loneliness, God, in that isolation, in that separation, God, you would meet them. And God, whether it's in weeding or chairs, God, we just pray you have given us resources that you are telling us, hey, you got to steward these things. And maybe God is inviting you to actually have a moment of prayer as you weed up the weeds outside about God is weeding your heart and investing in this church. And it becomes a way of interceding for this place and this community. God, we ask that you would show up in awesome and profound ways. And when we gather back up at 1130 and break bread, we would have stories to tell of your goodness and providence and beauty. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.